The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Okay, so today we are in part four of our series, Silver and Gold. And if you've missed part one, two, three, I want to encourage you to get the message on, online for free or you, or you get the series at the back. It is so important, particularly, as you're going to see as we go on, that we immerse ourselves in this truth, the truth of the Word of God, so that we can become all that God has called us to be. In part one, we, we talked about introductions as an introduction, and um, part two, we looked at silver and gold, I have none. In part three, which was last week, we looked at the silver is mine and the gold is mine. And in part four, which is today, we will begin the principles of silver and gold. The principles of silver and gold. If you were here like two um, weeks ago at Tribe, you know, um, Pastor Dami was teaching us how what you become in life is a function of, of two things. Is a function of both nature, your genetic makeup, what was handed to you, and nurture your environment, how you have been conditioned. And we're going to um, see that for you to become all that God has called you to be, the nature is key and the nurture is key. Nature talks about hereditary, generic disposition, invulnerability, and traits. Some people, there's nothing you can do. Give them all the beans in this world. They will not grow tall because <laughs> it is just not there. You know, the genes is not there. You know, some people, even when they use the bleaching cream, um, they are back to being very dark. No, I'm not throwing punches. <laughs> I'm just trying to explain nature. Sometimes it is inborn abilities that separates you from the pack. And, you know, researchers from time have argued, and they said, no, 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 it's nature. No, 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 no it's nurture. So they, they would take identical twins, and they would put them in different environments. The conclusion they've reached is this. Nature and nurture, nurture has to do with your environment, what you have been taught, mental conditioning, and, and all that. The conclusion is this. It's a combination of nature and nurture. You are a combination of nature and nurture. You are a combination of what you have been handed and where you have been placed. Praise the name of the Lord. And it, it, is, it is so, 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 so important that we get this. Why? Because by nature, you are designed to prosper if you're a child of God. By nature, Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. By nature, we see that Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse of our wrongdoings. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed 
is everyone who is on, on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, and here's the bomb, through Christ Jesus, this is what God did. God has blessed the Gentiles, those that are not natively Jews, with the same blessings. Everyone say the same blessings. With the same blessings he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. So we saw that in the past um, teachings that the promise to Abraham is both physical and spiritual. And God is saying, you have the same promise, the same promise with Abraham. You and I, we have the same promise with Abraham. You are born of God. First John chapter 5 verse 4 says, for everyone that is born of God overcomes the world. So, if you are born of God, the, 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 the nature of God is in you. The genes of God is in you. You are born to reign. Praise the name of the Lord. You are born to prosper. However, our environment sometimes conditions us for mediocrity and for poverty. And, and, and even though you have nature in place, if nurture is, is taunting the growth of nature, if you have nature without nurture, you are going to have missed opportunities, unrealized dreams. If you have nurture without nature, you can still prosper. You know, obviously, because there are people that are not born of God, they are prospering today, aren't they? But, but the truth is that the end is usually very, very, very bad. So what God wants for you and I is to have an intersection of nature and nurture. God wants us to have both nature and nurture. In the first three parts of this teaching, part one, part two, part three, what we've been looking at in essence has been nature. Nature. This is where we are coming from. This is our source. This is our origin. Now we are moving to nurture. Now that we have this, this is how we condition ourselves. This is the environment we create around ourselves so that we can become all that God has promised us to be. And if you look at where we are coming from, we'll see that Abraham, the one that the Bible says to you and I, that through Christ Jesus, the same blessings of Abraham has been released to us, was called out by God. If this is the Adamic line, if this is the Adamic line, Man fell. Fell short of the mark. God, in his mercies, infinite mercies, called a man named Abraham. God said to Abraham, 
Come out from your... Come out and I will make you a great nation. Right. So, God called Abraham out. Because God had always wanted to reach you and I. So God says, through one man, I will raise a nation. And through that nation, I will reach everybody else. So God called Abraham out. And Abraham became a nation. The Jews, right? And one day they said to Moses, we don't want to hear from God directly. We, 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 we don't want to deal with him. Why don't you on Mount Sinai, why don't you talk to him? Whatever he tells you, just come and tell us. And obviously God didn't like that. That was not the initial plan. But God agreed to it. And that's where we had have the Mosaic Covenant. Now, that's where you, you, what you call the law. So this is where the law started from. So when Jesus came, he put an end, actually, to the Mosaic Covenant. He crossed out the law. The law came to an end when the cross came to being. So we came into grace. And that is what grace does for you and I. Grace, grace engrafts us into the same Abrahamic covenant. The cross does not terminate the Abrahamic covenant. The cross actually makes everybody else in the world a partaker of the Abrahamic covenant. Does that make sense? Praise the name of the Lord. Are we still together? Good. So now, what is the Abrahamic covenant? What is it? What does it say? What's in it for me? <clears throat> What's in it for me? Now, um, take this out, take this out, take this out, take this out. This is what you have. This is what I have. In the covenant of Abraham, there are three main parts to the promise. Are we still together? Good. The first is seed as a part of the covenant of Abraham is the promise of dominion through fruitfulness. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. That's number one. Number two is land. Is land. Everywhere the sole of your feet shall tread upon. Boom. So everyone that is operating this covenant, they take land easily. To come against them is suicide mission. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> With the covenant also comes the blessing. Now, it is in that blessing that we have the blessing of the Spirit. Is we have the blessing of financial increase. We have silver. We have gold. We have all that. And that is what Jesus did for you and I. That is our nature. Our nature, we are born of God. Our nature is to prosper. It is alien for us. That's why you, you, you don't feel happy when you are not prospering. Because there's something in you that's saying, 
this is not me. Praise the name of the Lord. And that seed in you is God. This is not me. Are we still together? So we are going to look at nurture now. We are going to look at, I'm going to begin to look at nurture. Now that we get nature, let's begin to look at nurture. Because if we have nature and nurture, we have boom. You know, we become unstoppable, totally unstoppable. And um, in the first, um, in the 8 a.m. service, we, we attempted, we said we we're going to look at seven principles of silver and gold. And um, we managed to um, look at four, four or three. We looked at four. But this service, we'll see how far we'll go. God will help us. Are you ready? Jet speed. The first principle of silver and gold is this principle of light. The principle of light. Psalm 119 verse 130. Psalm 119 verse 130 says, The entrance of your word gives light. The NLT says the teaching of your word gives light. You need light to prosper. Why? Because poverty is darkness. And light and darkness really cannot co coexist. If you are struggling in an area, it's proof that you don't have light in that area. If you are struggling in any area, it's proof that you don't have light in that area. Proof that you don't have light. And light is so powerful because once light comes in, darkness does not argue. Darkness recedes. Before you get into anything, before, personally, I mean, this is, for those that know me, know this. Before I get into anything, anything, either Work or play, I read about that field. Whatever field it is, I don't take anything for granted. I, I read. I will read and read and read. Before I start, before I even start, before I put the first step forward, I read, I listen, I get a coach, I get a teacher, someone that will show me, this is how I do it, this is how you do this, this is how you do this, this is how you do this. Why? Because once you have light, Things become like to the uninformed. It will be as if, oh, you are just lucky. Praise the name of the Lord. Because it's as if, boom, boom, boom. To the unlearned, it will be as if, oh, it's just luck. But you see, the beauty about it is that if they take you from one place and they put you in another place, the light you have will still produce greatness. Praise the name of the Lord. Yeah, this is how it works. If it's luck, you can't reproduce it. You can't. You have to get light. You have to get light. You have to get light. God was saying to, to Joshua, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, he says, this book of the law should, must not depart from your mouth day and night. Joshua, you need light. You need light so that you can meditate upon it day and night and observe the things that are written therein. Why? Because then you will make your way prosperous. And you will have what? 
If you are struggling, it's proof that you don't have enough light. Don't feel bad. Just know I need to get more light. I need to get more light. Because again, I mean no disrespect. I can tell you from observation, from scriptures, as a fact that darkness is poverty. And poverty is darkness. Poverty is a state of darkness. Don't be upset. Don't be upset. Just understand that that's what you are up against. The issue is not money. The issue is darkness. If you get more money, it's still going to be a problem. Because the issue is not money. The issue is what? The issue is darkness. Is darkness. Because wealth is hidden. Wealth, if, if wealth were not hidden, what, what, will, what will happen? Everybody will be wealthy. You know, we pray, give us the treasures of what? Darkness. The hidden riches of where? Of secret places. The truth is this. Wealth is hidden. And you need light to access it. You, you need light to access it. And this light is not torchlight. It's not lantern. This light is mental illumination. Your mind has to be illuminated. You have to come in contact with light. You have to be a bearer of light. If you don't have light, go to someone that has light. The, end, the teaching of your word, because you, light can be communicated. It's a communicable, it's not a disease really, but if you, it can be communicated. It can be communicated when somebody that has light opens his mouth. Ah, I see. Light. Sometimes you just hang around somebody that has light. Boom. Light. And in fact, there's no one that has light as much as God. God himself is light. And in him, there's no darkness at all. So when you acquaint yourself with God, Job 22, when you, verse 21, when you acquaint yourself with him, with God, you will be at peace. And guess what? Good will come unto you. When you receive instruction from his mouth and the law from his mouth, you will and lay up his words in your heart. If you return to God, to the Almighty, you will be built up and you will put away iniquity far from your tabernacle. Then, then, you will lay up gold as what? As dust. Why? Because you have light. You are acquainted with light. You are a carrier of light. And you will have the gold of offer as the... In other words, they will mean nothing to you. It will be commonplace in your life. Praise the name of the Lord. Principle of light. Again, sometimes you need to ruminate on a particular issue and chew on it and wrestle with it before light actually penetrates your soul. So you need to take these principles like, like tablets, as it were, and take them 
and take them and take them and take them and your life will be transformed. Principle number two, the principle of work. The principle of work. You have to work. And you see, you know, folks say, oh, oh, pastor, you know, I don't want to really work, you know, because God really didn't mean that we should work. The I mean, man uh, cursed, the, the, the work was a curse. You know, no, work is not a curse. It is labor that is a curse. Work is not a curse. Work is not a curse. In fact, before the curse, God said to Adam, you tend the garden. Tend the garden. That is work. Take care of the garden. That is work. Proverbs 6, from 6 to 11, talks, tells us to learn from the ant. Let's take a lesson from the ant. You lazy bones. Everybody say lazy bones. <laughs> I didn't say that. It's the Bible. Learn from their ways and become wise. It says, though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for winter. It says, but you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep. A little extra slumber. A little folding of the hands to rest. Since then, poverty pounces like a bandit and scarcity attacks like an armed robber. You know, a common thread between all lazy bones is excuses. Excuses. There's a lion in the street. Pastor, don't you know that if, if I go, I will die? They are killing people. <laughs> lazy bones. And, and too many excuses of lazy bones. Are this. They, they, are, they are masters of shaping excuses. But I'll just show you two of their excuses. You know, they sound very common. The first excuse of lazy bones is this. I can't find, I can't find work. And a buzzer go up in me. Uh, lie, lie. You can find work. Everybody can find work. In, in a lot of cases, what they are saying is that I have not found a work befitting for my level. The question is, which level? The level of Gary and Granot that you have been eating since morning? What level exactly are you talking about? Oh, but for my degree, for my, somebody with my qualifications, fine, I know, God will make a way, but you can still do something. Another excuse they give is, I don't have enough money to start a business, and the boss goes, ah, lie. Lie. But pastor, you need money to start a business. True and false. And fall. You see, work does amazing things to you. There's dignity in labor. There's no labor that is beneath anybody. Praise the name of the Lord. The question is, does it put food on the table for your family? Do it! As long as you are not stealing or you are not Evans. Oh, you know, some of you don't know what the verse is. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Do it. There's dignity in labor. Look, the, the, the point, how can a full-grown 
man that is not a cripple sits at home from morning till night and you expect your wife to feed you and you are able to eat the food, which mouth is he entering? You know, sometimes I know, I mean, the wife can earn more. It's, it's fine. I mean, thank God. And they're still your wife. They should submit. Praise God for that. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes a man goes through a, a patch. There's nothing wrong with that. We all do. I, I went through mine. But, but you cannot just sit down and say there's no work. Go and find work. There's, in fact, there's too much work. Listen, you have enough already for your business. Say, but pastor, you don't know, I don't have, you have, you have. If you are in doubt, come and see me. I will show you that you have enough money for your business. You know, I mean, I was sharing in the ATM service, how by God's grace, I've started businesses in this Lagos with nothing, not one, at least two that I can remember. And they did well. Praise the Lord. You see, the challenge with us is this. We see somebody at level nine. Let's say we are on level, we want to take level one step. And we see the resources the one at level nine is deploying to run the business. We do a business plan so that our business will be from day one, be on level nine. then we say we don't have enough money. No, you do. Start from level one. God does not despise the days of little beginnings. Start from level one. You know, the illustration we gave us, you know, is this. Mount Everest is the highest height in the world. And they tell us that if you take a man by chopper from ground floor, and you drop him at the height of Mount Everest with an helicopter, that he'll probably die. He will die, definitely, because his lungs is not conditioned for that height. So what conditions the, height, the, the lungs of the mountain climber for the height? The walk, the height is gaining step by step. It's getting bruised. He's, he's, he's panting, he's sweating. Those things make him ready for the top. By the time he gets to the top and you see him at the top and he says he's conquered the mountain and you are down and you don't want to take your own next step, you are praying for an helicopter that will carry you to the top. Something is wrong with that. In fact, if the village people are after you, they are going to send you a chopper. <laughs> Because they know that once you get to the top. The truth is this. If you've not built capacity, even if you do the business plan, you get the business plan, if you don't build the capacity, you can grow very fast, don't get me wrong. I mean, I can mention businesses that you, you, know, you know, legitimate businesses that grew very fast. What happened was that the leader was growing as the business was growing. And the leader grew very fast. So the business grew very fast. Some people grow very slowly, their business will grow very slowly. 
If you want to grow beyond your business, you always come back to your level of capacity. That's how it works. Praise the name of the Lord. Work is indispensable. Totally indispensable. And it does to you, work does to you what <laughs> illumination cannot do. Proverbs 12, 24, quickly. Work hard, become a leader. Be lazy, become a slave. Principle number three is the principle of divine orchestration. Because, you see, if you have all the illuminations of the world, you have light, you can work hard, and your steps are not ordered. It can lead to frustration. It can lead to frustration. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. Ecclesiastes 9, 11 says, I have observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. The strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry. The skillful aren't necessarily wealthy. And those that are educated don't always lead a successful life. He says, it's all decided by chance. And that chance is not luck. That word there is not luck. By being, this is what it means, by being at the right, in the right place at the right time. And I'm praying for you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you will be in the right place at the right time. In the mighty name of Jesus. Because this trumps, it makes a hard worker look like a lazy man. You know, you're about to say, be a covariant infinity. Be a lelari. You know, if you don't have, if you don't get help, if things don't fall in place, there's a time that you need this to come together. And guess what? Listen, it happens to them all. Everyone under heaven, we have an opportunity when time and place comes together. Yes, we that are covenant people, we have more of those opportunities in Jesus' name, as I'm going to show you. But God gives everyone under heaven time and chance. But not everyone under heaven takes it. Not everyone under heaven utilizes it. And, and that's usually what makes a difference. Because most times, people are not even looking out for it. They are not. So, to be in step with God is so key because God will make sure you are in the right place at the right time. It is actually more important to be in step with God than to be in step with your cousin. It's more important to be in step with God than to be in step with your neighbor. It's, it's more important to be in step with God than to get ahead of yourself. It is more important to be in step with God. Your cousin may have built 10 houses. You may still be paying rent. But if you are in step with God, a time will come when your story will change. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, everybody is getting married. Am I in step with God? If I am in step with God, my time will come. Oh, everyone is having triplets. Are you in step with God? And, and, and that's the key thing. Are you in step 
with God? Are you in step with God? Because if you are not in step with God, then timing becomes a challenge. You have to be in step with God. You have to be in sync with God. You have to be at peace with God. Psalm 105 says to us, Psalm 105, verse 37, that the Lord brought his people out of Egypt when you are in step with God. How did he bring them out of Egypt? Loaded with silver and gold. Again, I, I said that I thought it was a Nigerian, I mean, slang to say you are when somebody is loaded. I didn't know it was in the Bible. God brought them out loaded. God will bring you out loaded with silver and gold in the name of Jesus. Because he will bring you out. You will be in step with him. And you will be loaded with silver and gold. And not one among their tribe even stumbled. Being in step with God. Not one even stumbled. Psalm 37 verse 23 says to us, that a step of the righteous are ordered by God. They are ordered by God. The steps, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. And guess what? He delights in every detail of their lives. So don't worry about your life. God is interested in every detail. Now, does every detail mean T-shirt I wear? Yes or no? Does every detail mean if I comb my hair or not? Yes. Does every detail mean where I live? God is interested in every single detail. So, principle number one is the principle of what? Light. Principle number two, principle of Work. Thank you. Principle number three, principle of divine orchestration. Principle number four is the principle of value. The principle of value. The principle of value. I mean, this is big. All of them are big, actually. This is big. That's the scripture we read, Ecclesiastes 9. 11. Now, it says, I observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. The strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. But guess what? The fastest runner will mostly win the race. The strongest warrior will mostly win the battle. If you run a hundred meters with Usain Bolt ten times, who will win? He will win you. Uh, say, Pastor, how do you know? You don't know my talent. Uh, if you have talent, you'll be on the Olympics. Oh, they've not discovered me. Okay, we'll discover you next. <laughs> Who's supposed to win? Most likely. Because he's the fastest 
But if you run a run a hundred races, a hundred races, right? With the same bowl, who will win? The truth is that if you run a hundred times with the same bowl, you probably will win one. You know why you will win one? Maybe he, he had food poisoning that morning. He just woke up and he said, Go say, Yay! My belly. <laughs> and you know, go and you know, you, you don't believe this, you don't believe your luck. You know, you're like, wow. I want you put on your CV. I outran Usain Bolt once in a hundred times. But can you repeat it? The person of value will most likely be wealthy. The strongest person will most likely win. If he doesn't win, something happened. Where do you want to be? Do you want to be in a place where you are hoping that something will happen? Or do you want to be in a place where you are, you are most likely to win? Where do you want to be? Now, imagine if you are most likely to win, then you now have God on your side that makes something happen. You will always win. You always win. And that is the crux of being a person of value. It says the, the skillful, the wise, sometimes we mostly have food to eat. The skillful will mostly be wealthy. Yes, that's what the Bible says. If you read it properly. <laughs> the educated will mostly lead successful life. Keep it up on the screen. You know, you don't really have a money problem. You have a value problem. You have a value problem. What value am I bringing? If I'm unable to take this from where it is to this place, then I need to increase my value. My value must increase. If, my, if your value does not increase, why should you want to increase in, in, um, in wealth. If you do, I mean, it's going to go the way it came. I know that, I mean, a lot of people have increased wealth by exploitation. Yeah. But if you also check history, check what happens to them. That's not how God wants you to end. You should increase in value by value, <laughs> not by exploitation, <laughs> by increasing in your value, by being the stronger warrior, by being the fastest runner. Thank you. You should increase in your value. You and I should not be about what we can take. In fact, as, as a rule, for those that I do life with, I, I strive to give more than I take in any relationship. I try to give more than I, more than I take. Try it, and you see what will happen to you. Try and give more to your wife than you take. Try and give more to your husband than you take. See what will happen. Try and give more than you take. Some of us are doing well, but we need to do more. Try and give more than you take. No. If I, if I, um, uh, but, 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 
Pastor, what if the person has more means than I do? And, I, and he always adores me. Of course, it happens sometimes. You know, I give the example, the first worship experience, I mean, first worship experience, I, I, I gave away about close to 10 ties to people. They've taken everything, so there are no more ties. For, so you, don't put your eye in this one. <laughs> We've preached against covetousness last week. Now, now let's, let's say, you know, one of the guys I give, I give the ties to at the ATM service, let's say he, he, he came and gives, gives me a shirt, you know, and let's say I can't afford to buy that shirt or a better shirt to give him, but I can pray for him and do better to him in prayer than I can do to him in physical things. Do you understand what I'm saying? So always, always seek to be a person of value. In every relationship you're in, always try to outdo the other person. Not that it's a competition, but because you want to be like your father that gives rain to the righteous and the unrighteous at the same time. If you check the lives of every person of value, there's a common denominator. They don't, maybe two, they don't walk into your life thinking about what they can take. They walk into your life thinking, how can I help this person today? What can I teach this person today? What doesn't this person know that I know, if you know anything, that I can teach this person? I know some people won't listen, but it's okay. Find somebody that will listen and teach. What can I give this person? You know, God bless our bankers, you know. One of the interesting group of people are bankers, you know, and we have bankers that are looking at me, God bless you, God will prosper your careers in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, a banker comes to me with a card from my friend and says, oh, my friend is, is he's our cousin and he has given me a note to you I'm like, okay, how can I help you today? And she goes, I need deposits. And I'm like, okay. So I should carry my money and I should give it to you. <laughs> so like, put it in your bank. For what? Because your friend told me to come and meet you. Okay, that is the only value you are bringing. My friend said you should come and meet me. Now, imagine this person comes and says, oh, I should have seen you three weeks ago. I said, why didn't you see me? I spent three weeks studying your business, studying your industry. I've discovered you started your business at this time. See how you have grown it. Guess what? I can do this for you to make your business become time ten. I say, eh? Really? And it's not fraud, I mean, it's legit. And he opens my, she opens my eyes. You can do it this way, you can do it this way. In fact, you will need funding at this point, but you need some banking history. You need me to put money there, I'm ready to bank. Of course I will put my money there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because she has come to bring value to me. Now, and unfortunately, I mean, what folks don't understand, which is why a lot of banks, again, bankers, no offense, you know, they will have to sell their bodies because that is the only value they feel they can give 
Because this world is all about trading values. <laughs> Don't come to the table without don't come to a meeting with your customer without having what will make your customer's jaw drop. I kid you not. When I was still actively running business, one of the things I, I used to keep myself, even as a pastor, this is what I do. People come in contact with me, I'm thinking, how can I pray for this person? What can I do for this person? I have, I kid you not, there have not been one person, 12 years of fasting, is it 12 years? Some plus, 10 plus years, I don't know if it's 12 years. I just want to stay on track. Of fasting that I have met and my thoughts has been, what can I get from this person? It has never happened. Not once. By the grace of God, I'm standing before God. Not once. Why? Because that is not how I think. That is not how I think. You shouldn't show up before your customer and think, what can I get from this customer? No, it is how can I serve this customer? And guess what? If you serve your customer, they will give you the money. And when you have the money, you have the silver and the gold. Okay, let's, let's appreciate God. Let's appreciate God. Now, now, ATM service, I didn't give them all this. You know, so I'm giving you extra stuff. The second thing, you will not find a person of value yeah, is complaining. People of value, they hardly complain. They hardly complain. It's not like they like everything. Even when something is, maybe they've dealt a, a wrong hand at them. It's not like they don't get discouraged. They get discouraged, don't get me wrong. But they don't go from one place to the other just complaining, griping, you know, complaining. They don't do it. They don't do it. And, you know, the key thing is this. When you keep complaining, you become a living crap magnet, somebody says. You're just, be, you're just magnetizing crap. Why? Because there's one thing complainers do. Complainers always like company. Have you noticed? Complainers like companies. And they look for company of other complainers. So, when one, two, three, four, five complainers are getting together. You are the average of the people you hang out with. So add all their complaints together, divide by three. That's who you are. So, so that becomes a problem. That becomes a problem. That becomes a problem. Ecclesiastes 10, 10 says that using a dull axe requires great strength. So sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. In other words, if that blade has lost value, increase the value. Sharpen the blade. Sharpen the blade. Sharpen the blade. Don't ever, don't run from problems or complain about problems. What you do, do. Grow until you are bigger than the problem. That's what you should do. You have a problem. Don't go from one place to another complaining. Say, this is a growth opportunity. Grow until you become bigger than a problem. 
Let's say, for instance, your problem is you have a penina. You know who penina is? Someone that is, maybe it's your sister, maybe it's your brother, or maybe it's your neighbor, someone that is always making you feel bad, talking you down. It could be your spouse, it could be whatever. You improve yourself. Let the person keep abusing you. You keep improving yourself. Let the person keep talking. You keep improving yourself. A time will come when you are bigger than you know. And when they want to talk, somebody else will say, is that the person you are talking about? If I so don't worry about it. You just become a person of value. Praise the name of the Lord. <clears throat> ah, that was where we stopped at the first service. Can you take one more? Or two? <laughs> okay. Okay, one more. Let me give you one more. <clears throat> ah, that would be unfair. But every parent knows not to show partiality. But sometimes Pasha enters it. <laughs> Principle of giving. <laughs> Principle of giving. So that's number five. Um, I have seven cute for today, but we can't do seven, definitely. We will um, just continue next week. And you see, these principles are like building blocks. They are Something anybody can do. Even people that don't have the nature of God. When they do these principles, they get the results. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, sometimes Christians get angry. Oh, that person is not a Christian. No, 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 don't be angry. They are doing what you are supposed to be doing. There's, there's, there's someone I know. I'm not a Christian. I'm not, I'm not going to say much. The guy feeds poor people. Genuinely. He feels for them. He goes and feeds them. Pays their school fees. There are people that they know that they don't, they are sure of one meal a day. They know this guy will show up. Even if he's not in town, he sends his wife, they do it together. He feeds them. Why would God bless such a person? I mean, it's not possible. You sit down there, you're a Christian. You, the one you have, you sit on it, you can't eat. You are looking for money, you are looking for breakthrough. God say the one you are sitting on, don't call. Ah, God, I can't give this one, no. Uh, it's how it works. It's how it works. When you become a conduit, as it were, you cannot be dry, as they say. You, you, you really cannot be dry. Um, Luke 6, give us a scripture in Luke 6. It says, 38, it's very interesting. It says, give and it, and you will receive. I think she'll come back to you, KJV. Your gift will return to you in full. I was saying full. That's not it. Press down and shake him together to make room for more. Then running over and poured into your laps. What determines if you get this overflow? The amount you give will determine. Uh, you see, some people were, because, they, maybe because they're ignorant, I don't even know where they get their theology from. 
He said that, oh, when you give to God, you are not to expect anything back. I say, ah, that sounds very nice. You know, because when you're in a relationship with someone, if God, you're in love relationship with God, right? When you give to God out of love, right? It should flow, always flow out of love, and I get that. But you see, the way God is, and God has not hidden himself. God says, I will outgive you. So why shouldn't I expect anything back? Excuse me. People that expect things back from my wife. I'm sorry. Simple. I kiss my wife. I expect her to kiss me. Is that, is that wrong? Does that mean I'm, I'm canal? Does that, I mean, that, I, I expect things from, back from my wife. <laughs> so let's go there. Let me stay. Let me stay in scriptures. Let me just stay in scriptures to make room for more. You know, and it is what you give. So don't tell me that if I give to God, He will give. Of course, that's not why I'm giving. I'm giving because I love God. But look, God has. It is in the Bible. I read. It's even. This is not New Testament. Is this not First Corinthians? Is that First Corinthians? No, it was First Corinthians nine. Luke six. Sorry. It's in Luke 6. It's also in 1 Corinthians 9. God has set up the universe like that. There's nothing you can do about it. Nothing. Nothing you can do about it. I was with um, a friend of mine in Austin, in Texas, and he has <laughs> two boys. And the younger boy, the older boy, was always was complaining to me. You know, I, I took them out. And the older boy was complaining to me that the younger boy is always getting things. That when people, honestly, I, when, we, when I got there, it was the younger boy I, I gave money. I, gave, I just ignored his brother. I don't know why. I just felt, I, I love both of them, but when I put my hand in his pocket, my hand went to him. So the, the older brother was telling me that he's the only one that's always getting uh, things. When, uncles come to this house and he says he, 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 so, so I, was, I was talking to the boy I was like okay so how come you are the only one that get things the guy shocked me he says that he gives small boy say you give he gives that's how, he, that's how he gets back and that one says doesn't only give doesn't only give that he prays. In fact, it was mimicking his brother how he prays. He says when he wakes up in the morning, he says, Uncle, see, we will be doing like this. We do like this. <laughs> and I'm like, are you are there making fun of him. I didn't say that, obviously, because I mean, have to be, uh, you know. So he wanted an Xbox at the time. I'll never forget it. The Xbox maybe was $400, $500. He had fifty dollars. Fifty. The father was my friend, so I said, "You want Xbox? You have fifty dollars." He said, "Yes." But he said, "He's going to get it." He was so confident. In fact, I'm, I'm just amazed. And we met their father, and this boy went to his room, brought out his fifty dollars, and said to his father, "Take." His father looked at him. He says, "Why are you giving?" He says, "Daddy, I'm giving you." So the father took it and says, okay, I will use it, I will buy this, I will buy that. 
You know, what's it for? The boy says, well, it's a seed for my Xbox. Your <laughs> father bought the Xbox for you. <laughs> when your son gives you a seed for your... Better go and look for the money and buy it for you. That was how the boy got his Xbox. Meanwhile, his senior brother, you see, uncle, I told you, he always gets everything. Life is a choice. It's, a, it's just a choice. Dave Ramsey says this, and it's big. Dave Ramsey is some guy I, I follow for finances. He, he, he became a millionaire in US dollars before he was a Christian, and he was bankrupt, became zero. He got saved and said, he discovered these principles. I said, God wants me to prosper, that he's going to become a millionaire again. And he's a, in fact, he's, he's close to a billionaire right now. And he's just going up because he's deploying the principles of scriptures. It says this. It says, giving is the lifeblood of the believer. The believer that does not give is running low on blood, basically. It's the lifeblood. Your seed, like, um, 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 Tumiche, that's the boy's name. Your seed, like Tumiche, is your future. It's your future. It's your future. God has placed it like that. As the earth remains, the Bible says. Seed to time and harvest will not see. It is an immutable law as far as this egg exists. So, I'm saying to you, don't eat your seed. Don't eat your seed. One brother will eat his seed by ice cream, whatever, then you'll be praying to God for Xbox, maybe. The other brother will also pray, but if he take his seed, he will go to his father, he will plant it in his father's hand, and he says, Daddy, buy anything you want to use, you need with this money. I'm giving you. And the father says, what is it for? He says, for my Xbox. And he gets his Xbox. Praise the name of the Lord. Proverbs 3, 9 says to us, Honor God with your wealth and with the best part, the first fruit of everything you earn, you produce. Since when you do this, something is going to happen to you. Then will he, God, will fill your bands with grain and your vat will overflow with wine. And giving changes you. It is a function of who you are becoming when you give. It's not a function of doing God a favor. In fact, when God said to Abraham, give me your son, your only son, Isaac, you know, he's got the um, cannibals. It's not. So when God demands something from you, God is not trying to take something from you. God is trying to get something to you when he demands something from you. If that becomes your paradigm, it's easier. Because like um, the little boy, the dad will be compelled to respond. Let me ask you a question. How many of us that are fathers in this place will not buy that boy the Xbox? Let me see your hands up. Even if you're not a father, let's say you're a mother. 
even if you are not, let's say you are, you are an uncle, you are an auntie. Nobody. You, be, you, you will be compelled to. Now, that is man. How much more God? And when we give, we become more like God. I mean, we become more like Christ. We, we, we change in our form. We become more like Jesus. Like Dave Ramsey also said <clears throat> this. That we don't give because God needs our money. He obviously does not. We give to become more like Christ. He discovered that after crashing his finances. It's a terrible thing to, to become a millionaire and become zero. It's a very terrible thing. Most people don't recover from it. They can't. They, they struggle. But he become, because he became a believer, he recovered. Praise the name of the Lord. As I draw the curtain on this teaching for today, we won't go into six and seven today. I want to encourage you to soak in these words, this teaching. Let this teaching, let them bring light to you. Faith comes by hearing and what? And hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let them bring light to you. Let them bring illumination to you. Let them bring deliverance to you. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. I want you to think about what you've heard. For some of us in this place, you need to be in step with God. You're you out of step with God. You're out of sync with God. And I, Pastor, I want to be in sync with God. I want to be in step with God. How do I do it? Can you pray for me? Yes, I want to pray for you. Should I come forward? No, you don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, I want to pray with you. I say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to be in step with God. I want to be in sync with God. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to rededicate my life to Him. Put up your hand over your head wherever you are seated. Quickly, I will pray together. God bless you. If I put up your hand, put up your hand well. Shoot it up over your head. Don't just land it on your, on your forehead. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. God bless my sister. Keep the hands up. God bless you. That is me. Put it up. I want to be in sync. Once you have the card, you can put on your hand. I'll pray with you wherever you are sitting. You need to come forward. That is me, my sister. God bless you. I'm not hand by there. I'm not hand by there. Keep the, keep the hands up. Right there, Felix. Right there. You're right. God bless you. Keep the hands up. That is me. I want to be in sync with God. The rest of us, let's talk to God. If you are online, instructions are scrolling on what to do. God bless you. Another hand right there. God bless you, sir. I can see that hand, sir. God bless you. Keep the hands up, sir. God bless you. Once you have the card, you can put on the hand. I want to be in sync with God. Pastor, pray with me. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. That is me. Anybody else? That is me. Put up that hand over your head. I will pray together. First of all, let's talk to God. Father, give me the grace. Give me the grace to fill my life with all that you have for me. That my life will be filled with the fullness of God. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we pray for everyone that is already to you, Lord. Lord, you know them, you know them, you know them. Before they were conceived in their mother's womb, you know them. You, you know they were going to come to a service like this today. And you know they will hear the things they've heard. Lord, thank you because they've responded as you have planned. Lord, we ask that you change these lives, oh God. Breathe upon them. Change these lives totally. Let your name 
Let your name be glorified. Father, we pray for every one of us the grace to become all that you have been created to be given to us. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying.